1: The wonders of the multiverse continues to grow. the new unearthed arcana is here, and stick around as we delve into it to discuss the new race option, fate domain cleric option, backgrounds feats, and more. <laughs> Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin.
2: I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we hope to inspire you all with creative content that you can bring with you on your next D&D adventure. Yay! Save that for the blooper reel. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, obviously, as of July 2022, the newest Unearthed Arcana um, delves more into the multiverse content. So yep. we're really excited for that because that means they're they're really pushing this. This multiverse thing, because we already got books and stuff coming out, and then now a new Unearthed Arcana comes out with more details. I think that's great. Um, So it is worth noting that all Unearthed Arcana is playtest material, and I do want to take a moment that if you want – if you're one of those few people that hates the stuff Wizards of the Coast does – You can read these and then go leave them feedback, and you might actually have a positive impact as opposed to ranting on Facebook, Twitter, or
2: TikTok about how terrible they are. Just... Be sure to explain why you think it's terrible. Just don't say it
3: sucks.
1: (laughs) That's
2: not good feedback. Yeah, that's useless. Yeah. Utterly useless.
1: So, how about we talk about some of the uh, details in this Unearthed Arcana. There is a link uh, in the show notes or in the description to get to this, and you can follow along if you'd like. Or you can just listen to us babble on. Uh, First, I like to talk about the new race, the Glitchling. Uh, These are Mechanical (laughs) Servants. Um, very much like um, Modrons. Modrons, right? Yep. They're, they're, law, they're law-seeking and their goal is to experience the multiverse and all that it has to offer. Like Modrons, but with autonomy.
2: It's kind of nice. <laughs> you know, Less hive mind. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and we also got the cleric subclass, the Fate Domain, which allows the clerics to influence the fortune's ebb and flow. I love this, and okay. I cannot wait to talk about it. I think some parts were awesome, some parts were OP, but hey. <laughs> well, that's why we're covering it, so we can tell them what we think. And that's why it's playtest material. Yes, absolutely.
3: <laughs> and of course, more backgrounds. The, uh, the Gate Warden, the Giant Foundling, Planner Philosopher, and the Rune Carver. I love that name. It doesn't uh, the backgrounds doesn't. provide access to the sp- specific feats. Yeah. Yes.
1: We're going to talk about how I hate that, and I think it's dumb, <laughs> and I don't think that they should be using that at all, and shame on you. Chris, Jeremy, if you're listening, no, stop,
2: go back. Well, given the fact that you released a gambler and they have some material in here, that's
1: yeah, not quite out the question. Right?
2: <laughs> All right. And he follows
1: uh, – I know Chris for sure, Perkins, follows us on Twitter. Nice. And I wouldn't be surprised if I get an unfollow in the next 24 hours. <laughs> so we're also going to talk about feats, which are a collection of uh, player options that give you ways to expand. Specifically, you know, primordial magics and things that deal with the planes. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a few spells. We're not going to go into great detail in the spells because they're always making new spells. And that's, you know, those yep. are changing so much. There's no point. But we are going to touch on a few that were very interesting as uh, Ian just uh, informed us. So, <laughs> the first thing we're going to talk about is the Glitchling. Um once again, as we mentioned, it is very akin to the Modrons. I'm going to be honest, I love this idea because I totally want to play a Glitchling that takes on the form of a pentadrone, right? Yep. I imagine you can re- you can flavor how they look however you want. And if you don't know what a pentadrone is, it looks like kind of like a a walking pinwheel or a starfish. Or a starfish. I like your analogy better. Thank you for that. And I just want to walk around spinning like Tasmanian devil and just flap, 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 <laughs> everything as yeah. a like. star
2: you? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: With legs and it's mechanical construct.
2: <laughs> and you—is it just me or do they purposely make UA material OP to get people to play them?
1: Hmm, that actually makes sense. <laughs> <That's->
2: <laughs> There might be some truth to
1: that. And you want to talk us a little bit more about the glitching and some of the stu- first mechanics we can talk about? Yep, first
2: and foremost, it is a construct. Yes. W- which is always fun to do. Like, Warforge are a great example of this, and they have a few core traits as follows they get armor plating. And when you aren't wearing armor, your base armor class is 14 plus your deck score. Every rogue, every monk,
1: every barbarian, a robot monk. Are gonna love that yeah mm-hmm. because that that you take either that calculation or their their uh armor one right the yeah. and sometimes Actually at low levels you'll
2: probably beat that yeah i think this you mean or the the armor the plan's gonna be to be, beat the unarmored device.
1: yeah that's that's kind yeah. of where i was going with that at early levels that's going to give you a higher ac compared to some of the uh Unarmored defenses, I think.
2: That uh, might even give you a higher AC than the Turtle in some cases. Yeah. Fourteen plus uh decks. Yeah. Totals base is seventeen, is what Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So, so you
2: four for going inside the shell.
1: I mean if you're going stat standard stat block, that's gonna match but, it at least.
2: and that's something you can do point by or
1: roll. <laughs> right, right. Um <laughs> uh the other thing. <laughs> Uh, uh star you uh, mates d and D. I I love Pokemon. I think we did an episode on Pokemon at one point. We did. Uh honestly <laughs> d- to me um it is worth noting that I think this is a little bit overpowered. Um the fact that a racial a trait can put it uh Whoa. so far behind uh or uh, in front of things like unarmored defense right out the gate is kind of a risk. What? Um and like isn't mage armor like your de- 13 plus your deck score? Or? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And that costs a spell slot to do. Yeah. Um and you know, looking at this as the go to for monks and rogues, I can totally see that. Getting an ni- AC of 19 with little effort totally negates the need for armor for those classes if you pick this race. <laughs> do yeah. you guys, do you
2: guys. I I like the idea, but as we were establishing, we might need to tweak the numbers a little bit. Yeah, I I don't, I say, in my opinion, it shouldn't be any
1: higher of a calculation than, say, the mid tier of the armor that's available to them. So So there you can upgrade if you get to a certain point in armor, but don't necessarily need it at that point. What do you think,
3: B? How do you find that so fast? (laughs) (laughs) Google! That's how. Uh, Yeah, OP. You think so? What what would you change? Oh, geez, Maybe half your dex mod? Oh,
2: maybe. I could see that. Or p- or maybe drop to 14, but maybe tie it into a second stat of some kind of your choice. So it would be 10 plus 2 stats, kind of like unarmored armored defense? Right. like Maybe if they give you like a sub-race option, you can choose which one.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think that they should just give it unarmored
2: defense. Right.
1: <laughs> Pl- plain and simple, which is what you're getting at.
3: <laughs> right. So, so it doesn't like even need to... its own name. What well, I like to see is because it's, it's armor armor plating. It's metal right. skin. I think that the AC should be based on your strength modifier instead of your dex. Yep. Ooh.
2: I like that. Yeah, it makes more sense. It fits your your skin. Yeah, it does seem kind of like Power Creep. And that yes. is fair. And let's be real here. Power creep's always kind of a problem with RPGs in general as they release more material. Yeah, yeah. and that <laughs> and like that's, like that's, a, that's a shame because it doesn't need to be. <laughs> and... I mean, like, the, the two most powerful sorcerer subclasses were both introduced in Tasha's, just because, say, somebody have more spells available than any other sorcerer subclass, period. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brandon,
3: <laughs> do you want to tell us about one of the other mechanics? Oh, God. Okay, balance chaos. Is that really a thing? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of, like, uh, contradictory.
2: <laughs> <yeah>. Well, <laughs> well the they're point. beings of order, so... Yeah, uh, uh, let's talk make, about...
3: Go ahead. Sorry. When you make an attack roll or a saving throw... And roll a nine or lower on the d20. You can balance chaos and treat the roll as a ten. What? Like the rogues. <laughs> you can balance chaos in yes. this way a number of times equal <laughs> to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So, well,
1: let's uh, talk about how Wizards of the Coast is giving eleventh uh-huh. level class features to a race.
3: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, that's the re- that's the uh, re- reliant talent, reliable talent. Yeah, that the rogue has. As that eleventh level. I hate that.
3: You should still, not So the rogue's not special no more.
1: Well, even if it was, it should be a eleventh level feature that you get. Maybe you yep. say at level eleventh level you learn to balance that gets a programming upgrade or something. I don't
2: know. Now it is worth noting that you can only use this a limited amount of times whereas with the class ability you can use it unlimited. <laughs> but still, you get that 11, 10 levels before the rogue does. Yep.
1: I'm just saying, to be fair... That's uh, <laughs> yeah, not fair. I would say, if you're going to do this, it should be once per long rest. What What do you think? I don't
2: think it's, that's un- unreasonable. Well, yeah, how often can the rogue do it at 11 level? All as much time. as they want. As much as they want? Yeah. So, but keep in mind, though, at low levels, yeah. this would be... More- twice so you hear like what level five (laughs) level five then you get three but still yeah that's
1: that's those are game-changing roles right oh oh certainly can. so and it does say that i think you can choose to which means you don't always have to right right so what am i gonna go you know i don't know it's (laughs) it bugs me
2: Delsinia or
1: Delsinia. well then why have the rogue then (laughs) right who needs that who needs reliable talent when your robot
2: buddy can just program it into his dude dude, dude, i'm good at this now no, no, uh, no! I don't dislike the feature, but it needs to be re- rebalanced.
1: Yes, I think that you're right. I want to be clear. I, it's not that I don't like the feature. I don't like that a uh, race,
2: racial—it's a racial bonus. But I do want to stress once again, though, it's a limited amount of use compared to all of the freaking time. Yeah, but I'm th- just saying it's worth pointing out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, but that, I don't know that that does it enough. I don't know. I'm kind of eh about it. I think it's a great mechanic. Yeah. I don't think it should be a racial trait.
2: And it is worth mentioning too that Wizards has been lately with races been moving more towards x amount of times per year proficiency score compared to short rest or anything else. So, uh-huh. but that seems to be more along the lines of like a racial bonuses, not necessarily class bonuses. Yeah. So All it's right. not out of line with what they've done so far.
1: Yeah. All right. We're, I realize we're actually we've been talking 15 minutes. We haven't got through the. The, the, the,
2: the race, yeah. What's the next mechanic they get? God <laughs> oh, damn it! Yep. Living Construct. You were to create to benefit from spells that normally don't affect constructs, such as cure wounds and stuff like that. He- healing magic is what it comes down to. <laughs> and honestly, that's a necessity, right? That does make sense. Um, I mean, I have seen some games, too, where you instead are affected by mending and repair spells, which, let's be real here, are less common than healing spells, but I can see why they would want that. It's a player option at the very yeah.
1: least. And like I said, I, I do like this. So I think it's necessary. Um, I think that you should be able to become immortal with the Mending Cantrip. Yep. Uh, so that's <laughs> just that's just me. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what's the what's the uh next
3: mechanic they have? Uh, are talking about the order yep. ordered mind? Yep. Ordered... I like this ordered mind. You have advantage on Wisdom Insight checks and on saving throws made to avoid or end the charmed condition on yourself
2: now that is in line with what's like uh some fate already have to like, yep. elf, so. and and i really like this because it, i hate being
1: duped and that's one reason why i typically like to play like elves because yeah. they're immune to it this isn't immunity but i still think it is i think they made it weaker because they gave so many other abilities to this yes so i think that that's a fair a fair mechanic to give hmm. uh you guys have any points on that Nope, because we need to move on.
2: <laughs> Let, let's uh, talk about how they also can fly. Yep, they have the, the air quotes with this one. Uh, but the, They have vestigial wings, which allow limited flight, and when you move, you can get a fly speed equal to your walk speed until the end of your current turn. Yes. And we stress that because if you're still aloft when it ends, there's something to bring you, you fall, so use carefully. And you can use this trait number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, which once again is in line with the whole proficiency bonus thing that was in the beginning. I, to be I totally
1: want to play a barbarian uh, uh, glitch link who just flies really high and comes down like a like a like a, a rocket and <laughs> just crashes into people. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it, we'll call him Meteor. That'd be his nickname. Yep. <laughs> Metal Meteor. Metal <laughs> Meteor. Um, like I said, I really like this. Uh, I like that they balance the flight. It's not outright flight, no. which I think a bunch of the crybaby GMs will.
2: Appreciate, I think, and I do think it's kind of a shame to the degree that it only stays that way. You don't gain more flight if you level up. Because yeah, of... yeah, right. You would think you would
1: get get better as you get.
3: You now it says your your flight cuts out at the end of the round or end of your turn. End of your turn, yes.
1: You fall. Whatever the fall rate is, which is like 500 foot per round, I think, or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so basically, you go up and you fall down before the next.
2: It gives options basically yeah. which comes.
1: This the way I like it. Yeah, which I like it, of course.
3: Yep. There's All right. Have tails from Sonic. <laughs> In the Sonic games, his little. You can grab Sonic and you can fly for like four seconds and, and then boop, you're out. And then you fall. <laughs> yep. yeah.
1: All right. So overall, the glitchling I think they're going to need to do a lot of work personally.
2: Um, but i do think they're on a good track for it overall. i do
1: i <laughs> like the i like the idea of the race i love the idea of playing a modron and i want to play a, a flying star you that just <laughs> across like what was the uh the, the the stupid uh uh monster that godzilla fought in the turtle shell
2: oh that never happened because that's because gameron's from a different franchise altogether that's uh, never ooh. happened no why the- do i
1: remember godzilla fighting a flinging turtle
3: because i, I remember the scene too I don't think
2: it was Godzilla though. That there was like a ripoff off version of it. Well, 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 Gamer an entirely different franchise. So, anyways, <laughs> the idea of you just flying across is, just
1: sounds awesome as a People monk. want them to fight, but yeah. So, I think you could get away with doing that with a uh a rogue too. Your sneak attack is just pulling off like uh Blanca from Street Fighter and tucking into a ball and just flying across, or like Kano. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's get to the class. The the Fate Domain Cleric. uh Brandon, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, that? The
3: Fate Domain Cleric. Uh, clerics who draw power from the forces of fate sometimes receive visions directly from their deity and receive fleeting omens of the future. Yay. They share impossible knowledge with their allies and prof- prophesize their
2: enemies' doom. I'm totally down for this. That sounds sexy as hell. Yeah, it does you are going to die. <laughs> oh. Okay, sorry. I mean it's great. No, I was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was just a little garlic. I like the idea of a diviner cleric. I I really do. One of my favorite classes and I think a lot of people really like the divine uh wizard. Yeah. Um divination wizard. Um so I'm glad that Wizards is making this happen. Uh I've mentioned before that okay. I I I like things combined with like uh Manipulation that I can take away power from the dungeon master. Yep. I like that. So give me lucky, give me uh the lucky, uh, the lucky feet, and what's the halfling one? Luck.
2: Yeah.
1: Or is it lucky too? Uh,
2: anyways, we know what it does. Anytime you get to reroll
1: <laughs> dice is always fun for me, and I like the idea that I now have somebody that not only can divine the future, they can tank, they can heal, they can uh convince people to give them shelter. Oh. And they just look awesome with their giant maces. Like, just beating people up. <laughs> Mace to the face. Yes! And bless your soul. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Grab him by the throat and drag him by the water. Come and get blessed, bitch.
2: <laughs> anyway, like other cleric domains, they get access to some new spells, which is always a good start. And just puts stuff in the spell list. <laughs> and some good stuff is clairvoyance, death ward, because, well, you see it coming. And gias which, hmm. well... I mean, it's not a bad way to protect the future when you know what someone's going to do because you told them to do it. Yes. <laughs> the power of fear
3: compels you, bitch. <laughs> yes, what's, what's
1: yes? Oh, perfect mind control, pretty much. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, the fact that a cleric, once again, high damage, high uh, healing, high armor, now can manipulate the fate. Um, oh, and can manipulate people.
3: When you say high, it's like healing. all
1: my all my stuff squished together in one wet dream, <laughs> like all of it. Super exciting. What, what do you think, B? What the fuck? <laughs> uh,
3: when you say high healing, what, what do you mean? Is that it's
2: well, a cleric? cleric.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a cleric. I <laughs> mean, life domain cleric is what three d eight plus whatever for uh, third level.
2: That but,
1: makes it a higher healing cleric. Doesn't make it not this cleric, not high healing. <laughs> Sounds they fun. have access to the same spells. It just doesn't have uh, some of the other little extra. It doesn't need the extra. It can predict the future. Yep. It can avoid the damage altogether. And if it happens to be wrong, it can be like, oop,
3: undo. Dude, you, you <gasps> could totally, like, flavor this, your, your character to be, like, blind. And they're a blind prophet.
1: It's, well, coming. it's all coming. all <laughs> <laughs> coming. No, how about this? Instead <laughs> of your spells healing stuff, it rewinds time around that wound. As flavor.
3: I watch it. Like watching, uh, like watching Strange watch. bring the, yeah. the apple back.
1: Yeah, just like a pocket watch or something, or like the, oh, so the, the, the thing uh you said Doctor Strange did. Yeah. Oh man, that sounds <laughs> awesome. I love that.
3: Yep.
1: Let's get let's get you more know, into really it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just bones.
1: So we're gonna talk about omen's importance that you also get as the first level spell. <laughs> Rez, uh, Brandon, Rez. do you want to expand upon that for us?
3: Rezzo, the red priest. <laughs> You can perceive signs of the future in everyday objects and events, such as flights of birds or ripples made in water by a thrown stone. You can cast the augury augury spell without expending a spell slot. And when you cast the spell in this way, the spell has no verbal, semantic, or material components. Yes! Once you cast the spell in this way, you cannot do so again until you finish a long rest. Now, in
2: addition... The fuck? Until you finish a long rest, when you cast a divination spell that includes a chance the DM gives you no answer or random reading, such as augury, commune, or divination, reduce that chance by 25%, so you actually make it more effective.
1: Yes, um, because failure is not an option when you can breed the future. So what I did there?
2: Yeah. When you do uh, divination spells, the DM has to roll a percentile So spell
1: the down. augury yep. spells specifically, they roll a dice and they determine like wheel or woe. Yep. I think so. Basically it says something good's gonna happen to you or something bad's gonna happen to you. Um, which is cool. I've always took that as it's my job as the DM to make sure something good happens. Yep. Like Billy goes to fall in a pit of spikes and happens to fall like in such a way that all the spikes like just barely go around him and he's in this odd shape. You're like, woohoo, man, that's good. Glad I told you about your future ahead of time, eh? Yep. Um so that's really fun. And I think those are the the things that um I personally can really appreciate. But I do worry at like specifically with Augury because it's so much DM fiat. Yeah. Um and that brings me a bit of concern personally. Um, but Uh, so long as the DM uses it the way it's meant to be, I think it's awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, I've played with some DMs here and there. It's like, I'm not sure I want them to do this.
1: Yeah, and so I can see that being an issue for some tables, personally. Yep. What? Fiat. Not the cars.
3: Oh, I was going to say, because it means fix it again, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I like that.
1: (laughs) All right, so, um... Overall, I think that that's pretty straightforward. Um, I do, as I mentioned before, I do have a bit of the concern of the DM Fiat, but if they run it as is, I think it's a great mechanic. Yep. And another feature they get
2: is Ties That Bind. This is all level one, by the way. Yeah. What? You can temporarily tie your fate to others. As an action, you can touch one object or creature and magically tie a strand of fate from yourself to them for an hour, or until you use this feature again. (laughs) An unwilling creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell safety C to resist the effect. While the target is bound to you and on the same plane of existence, oh, what the hell? <laughs> you can sense the direction to the target's location and know the direction of its movement if it's in motion. I want to do this, but I want to play a
1: doomsayer in that strand of fate is a noose.
3: <laughs> Here, let me help you. <laughs> That's pretty jacked up. I love it. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, In addition. Isn't that a... Hunter's Mark. Can't you deal with Hunter's Mark? Wait, but there's more. Kind of. There's more. Yeah. Yep. To a degree, yes. In addition, once per round, or per turn, uh, when you cast a spell using a spell slot to deal damage or restore hit points to the target, roll a d6, and the target receives extra damage or healing, respectively, equal to the number rolled. Now say what you just said, again. Never mind. No, say it again. I'm not gonna say
1: it again. Say it again. No, you. Go ahead. Isn't that Hunter's Mark? No. Yes,
2: that's Hunter's Mark. With well, a healing option, so it's better than Hunter's Mark.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, roll these X-X-X. And it yeah.
2: makes it easier to split the party. That's Diviner's Mark. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Diviner's Mark. Might as well. All right, so
1: um, you can use this action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, so there is a limit. Yep. Um. But if you're a ranger using spell slots, you got to limit it probably just as bad. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm one of the few that thinks Hunter's Mark should not be a spell that should be a class trait.
2: They kind of did that to a degree in Tasha's. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they fix it? Well, they gave them a similar feature that's like Hunter's Mark <laughs> for one of their... As an optional feature. Oh,
1: it's an alterna- that's their alternative build stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So, now I do think this is a fantastic feature. Ugh. Like I said, I love mm-hmm. the idea of tying a thread of fate to an enemy or ally. The idea of a noose, me helping you with a noose around your neck, and then, like, tugging <laughs> you along, I think is great. And you can have, as a role player, you know, you can have, I can see so much being used with this. That ties into the flavor of the character.
3: Um, I if, uh, Thomas says, uh, see the banker getting killed? Borrow a ton of gold, no, you don't have to pay it back.
1: it's judge dread that's a really good one
3: i like to take out a uh, loan
1: (laughs) (laughs) on your soul all right let's get into uh insight insightful striking here which i think is striking uh and yeah insightful striking
3: sixth level fate domain feature yep Hmm. as a bonus action you can choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of yourself your magic grants you a brief vision of the target's defenses until the end of your next turn, you gain one of the following effects of your choice.
1: Yep. The next time that you make an attack roll against a target, roll a d6 and add the number rolled to the total. Yes.
2: And another feature, too, is the next time the target must make a saving throw against the spell you cast, the target must roll a d6 and subtract that from the saving throw. That no sounds way. really familiar. Does that
1: sound like Bardic Inspiration to anybody else? Or it Sounds like a better version of True Strike. Or Blessing Bane. Ah... Uh, <laughs> what my man so also this is another thing you can use a number of times equal to your provision mo- modifier now let's talk about how oh, this is it, what true strike and strip should have been
3: it says it yeah <laughs> <Yep>. yeah
1: <laughs> this will really uh uh make this class an absolute blast to play i think mm-hmm. um but once again Tackling the RP in a, a fun and interesting way. I love the idea of seeing short little after images of peering around all the characters and the actions they might take a la Mistborn, Mistborn where you drink the uh, ATM and you see every possible scenario that could happen with that person yeah. like, until you take it and then there's even more of them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because when both people can see the feature at the same time. Yeah, you really, make changes. Uh, it's it's crucial everything because yeah,
1: everyone's making changes based on some a decision somebody else makes. Yep. So, to me, I very much love this as a uh, role player and would have so much fun uh, using it. Yep. What do you think, B?
3: Uh, I think my sorcerer would like it. So, I actually, it's a I actually used mechanic. Tr- I know, <laughs> but I actually use True Strike. Time to multi-class. Yep. Apparently.
1: Well, the sorcerers can. I think sorcerers can get away with doing it because they can. Uh, Cast it as a uh, uh, bonus action.
2: But it's a class feature, not a spell. <laughs>
1: yes, I know. That's what I was saying. And it's not right. the cleric. It's a cleric feature. So that's, that's fair. There's deferent, <laughs> definitely uh, some <laughs> movement there. All right. Yeah, there
2: are ways to make choose strikes be useful. You just need to build yeah, for it, though. Yeah, you have to build for it. Now... Which the sorcerer can do e- the most easily, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, but, there, and a few more features. Level 8, you get important spell casting. You add your wisdom modifier to the damage you make with any cleric cantrip. I mean, more manage. damage is always kind of awesome. And... Well, you know my complaint with the clerics. Now they can get an actual attack cantrip. That'd be great. Yes. How how, how
1: boring are we that in the in the talk the the discussion in the chat is talking about how to spell
2: Judge Dread? Yeah. <laughs> and finally, at level 15, 17, they get visions of the future. Their your knowledge of the future allows you to guide an angel to achieve their greatest possible success. You can cast a foresight spell oh, once shit. without expending a spell slot. And when you cast the spell in this way, the spell's duration is one minute for the for the for that casting. And once the spell is cast in this way, you can't do so again until a long rest.
1: And, uh, yeah. Grant a character advantage on attack rolls for a minute. Ability checks and saving throws pretty much an entire battle.
3: Yes. Visions of the future. I would like to have that,
2: please. Yep. When you move here, he's going to go over here. And when he comes over here, you're going to do this. <laughs> Uh, now it's making me think of, about how in Celesta I've been having my mage cast Greater Invisibility on the Rogue. Ooh. <laughs> Wait a second. It just occurred
1: to me. I don't need to spend my only ninth level spell slot to cast it? Yeah, you'd like that. <laughs> that is sexy. What a fateful end to this class mechanic, I think. Yep. Um, a powerful buff is certainly... Um, shorter than normal which i think is like what 10 minutes
2: yep. it depends I, I
1: don't remember um but you can retain retain a single ninth level spell slot and i think that is an amazing trade-off um kind of bringing the whole thing uh fate domain to full circle
2: right and it is a level 17 ability which sadly most players don't even see yeah. but you might as well give them fun stuff at that high level <laughs> yeah um, now, now overall i think it's a good subdomain i think it might need some tweaking because i think some stuff is a little bit on the powerful side, but it's almost like it's play test, right? Yeah. But that's
1: the point, and that's yes. why Wizard of the Coast asked everyone. I said I was gonna say us, but it's not really just us. It's us as the community. I want to take a second to uh uh answer Andrew's questions. Here's a question. Given the ability to hide in the arena, would True Strike find any good use in clash of classes? Yes, because it doesn't require um the contested check that's usually tied with hiding, right? Yep. if you cast the if you cast uh true strike you get the advantage if you hide and they find you you don't get the advantage Mm -hmm. so i do think that there is a scenario where that could be beneficial especially in a game like that all right so that does it for the the fate domain cleric uh let's talk a little bit about backgrounds and how i think they suck now hey i'm still not a fan Of the more mechanical built backgrounds. Now, I'm probably alone in here. I know everyone loves more toys to play with. But since Strixhaven came out and started giving background mechanical benefits, I
2: really have not cared for it. Specifically, unique feats, right? Now, I mean, it is worth noting that the amount of benefits you get in backgrounds in games, I kind of feel like let's be real here, has not been very impactful overall. And I think they're trying to make the backgrounds more useful. And I can understand that mindset.
1: And I think that's more because that's a mechanic that relies on the DM, not the player to initiate it.
2: In a combination of a player reminding the DM.
1: Yeah, and but, but that's why I think it falls apart sometimes and DMs forget about it. Because really it's their responsibility to try to pay attention to that and include opportunities for those to trigger for instance if you're a, a folk hero for instance you yep. have the people are supposed to let you hide but if the dm doesn't offer that yep. as an opportunity and the player doesn't think about it because it's so rare or
2: NPCs supposed, supposed to know who you are
1: yeah that's another one Like, right? who are you like you're supposed to know dude don't you recognize my badge you know what i did had to get this no, they should be like, <gasps> they should bow in your greatness and and, and recognize you. And I'm like, yeah. got
2: to check out the bandit. by me in the dick.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> there there is a point that you're trying to make that if it is a power that the player has, they're more likely to use it. Yep. But I like the ambiguity that comes with what you can do with a background. Because yep. now that it's a mechanic, here's what it does, and that's it. Yep. But when it's ambiguous, what does this make sense that this would fit here? Oh, yes, it does. Let's use it. You know?
2: And I think part of the issue, too, is, is – let's be real. A lot of people have not been happy with how the handled handled feats. Yeah. And I think this is them trying to, once again, approach it a little bit to at least get some options. I think at this point, though, you might as well just allow everybody to take a feat at level one and just be done with it. But. Yes. And I think I've talked to our buddy Troy about that more than once. He's like, why don't you just give everyone a feat at one so they feel better? And, <laughs> and it gives you more variety, too. And I think given the limited opportunities, you can – how to take fe- feats – just because you have so many options of them, there's just many that you're just not going to pick. You might kind of yeah. want it, but it's like, I want this, but this is better, so why the heck would I take that one? Yeah, you
3: know I, I, I is, agree with that. I'm playing this game for what, like seven, six, six or seven years now? Yeah, and still I haven't stuff. looked at a single feat in the 5e book. Why not? I, I don't ever think about it. It really says it when you're leveling up your character, you can stay... Yeah, you can take this yeah, or Feeds. I'm or just feets. like, I'm too lazy. I'm just going <laughs> to
1: bring my ability modifier. I, I have done that.
3: <laughs> I don't want to read through all those Feeds. I know I've, it's
1: quite a few. I've one. done
2: that for Spellcasters specifically. I was like, I've got <laughs> enough <laughs> options. I'm good. Yeah, and especially with martial characters. I'm like, yeah, I do want this Feet, but the extra 50% the hit stuff does add it pretty fast.
1: Yeah, it does. Especially the bounded accuracy system makes that uh,
2: mechanic very important. It's a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, how about we talk about uh one of the one of the backgrounds obviously for optimization purposes the it's going to depend on what you're going for which is also the reason why i liked backgrounds because it didn't matter what you were trying to do it was strictly i like this mechanic where it fits my backstory not oh, i'm building this so i gotta take this
2: and let's also be real here too not all features you gain some from guys were made equal <laughs> that's also true they're all very situational in some capacity. All right, let's talk about the Planner
3: Philosopher. Mm. Brandon? A planner Philosopher. You subscribe to a distinct philosophy that seeks to understand the nature of the planes or some hidden truth of the multiverse. You draw strength from your conviction and perhaps a network of like-minded believers. In your travels, you <laughs> seek to deepen... <laughs> believers? Put yourself
1: a planner philosopher named Bieber. You can be... A, all your fans are your
3: believers. God damn it. <laughs> if you, In your travels, you seek to uh, deepen the depths of your understanding and spread your philosophy. Almost sounds like a cult. Yeah. Uh, your skill proficiencies, you get to get proficient arcana and persuasion. Yep. It's like Guess that.
1: what? That's uh, good, and that's following in line yeah. with what
3: backgrounds do. Uh, languages, you get to new two of your choice, which is also usually how backgrounds go yeah equipment a set of common clothes and a pouch containing 10 gold pieces compromised of coins from different worlds and planes that that's I can, cool that i can see being broken yeah well it doesn't matter what it is if you got 10 gold pieces and you come up to a collector who's like this is from the astral plane it's worth ten thousand gold pieces i'll buy that from you
1: but it says it's only 10 gold pieces
3: Yes, but they're compromised of coins from different worlds.
1: Not compromised, comprised of. Comprised.
3: Did I say compromised? Yes. <laughs> they're comprised of coins from different worlds and planes.
1: Of a value yeah. of 10 gold pieces. No. Well, yeah, and gold. a containing
3: 10 gold pieces comprised of coins from di- – wait. It tells you the value right in the statement. Yeah, uh, Whatever. Anyway, <laughs>
1: they could be like 1,000 pennies. I, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm saying 10 gold pieces that are from like different planes.
1: I can so feel like, this frustration, so but like, I'm having fun with this. It's so like, this so one's from the Astral Plane, right.
3: this one's from
2: the Abyss or something, I don't know. Alright, ten gold pieces. Anyway, a feature they gain <laughs> next is Conviction, which sure? allows them to gain the Sign of the Order Plane's feet, which is, well, in this document. And in addition, members of the organization provide you free, modest lodging, and food at any of their holdings or homes of other faction members.
1: Yeah, right there, that's where it should stop. Yep. Um, but it doesn't. The sign of the outer plane's feet grants access to resistances yep. and can trip, not a fan at all, but whatever I guess uh pushing the game to be more mechanical as I've said, and i'm not I don't think that's necessary somewhat some don't uh yeah, and I don't <laughs> at all <laughs> not even close. I've always liked that choosing the sailor background and being something like a paladin didn't have a heavy influence <laughs> on what Ar. I did, like for me. I would fit the flavor into my weapon. Now it's just like, I've got these new features. I got this cool cantrip because I took this, eh, whatever. I'm obviously very salty about it. All right. Uh, let's talk about feats. Uh, not the kind that come from your background because those ones suck. Um, smel- there are smelly. some pretty interesting feats. Um, many of them really started to require very specific conditions in this one. Yep. I'm still kind of on the fence about that too. I like that you could pick any feat, but now they're starting to create like, the old school, planner philosopher. Oh my God, a flat I love that. Let's do that. Like a guy that talks to I talk to deities, The planets flat. Oh, that's part of that's fake news. You think, <laughs> I can
2: fly to the sky. You think the queen of Spain is going to give her three best ships to some lunatic to sail off the edge of the earth? Yes. Um. Anyways, uh, actually even to Wobbles round at that point, but hey, yeah,
1: uh, you can check the feats out. Um, they're pretty cool. I don't like that they have special requirements, but that's going with the background thing, right? So now you're kind of pigeonholing people and I don't like that at all. What? Actually, they knew the You're forcing be- them to, okay, if I want to get this feet, I got to take this background.
3: Because the background grants the feet. What what did you call that? Pigeonholing. Pigeonholing? Yeah. You've never heard of that? No, I've never heard of a
1: pigeon. Well, this also this is what happens when you don't read feats either. I guess you just can't No, keep I have up.
3: no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> What's a pigeonhole?
1: It's just you are forcing them into a small
2: you're pushing them into that hole. That's Who puts is. a pigeon in a hole? Well, does, well, does, well, the. That doesn't, doesn't <laughs> make for old uh, mail, mail slots in buildings. And you would just shove stuff in there and just keep them there. So it would not go <laughs> to their intended recipient.
1: <laughs> You'd be the guy that's going to come and scrape all the bird cuts <laughs> off. Like, they forget to slow down because they're getting old and losing their blood, losing their eyes.
3: My package has right. shit all over it.
1: All right. Let's move on to the uh, uh, spells. We'll talk about them really quick. Oh, okay. uh, inspired by the deck of many things, this section contains new spells well, um, I- that the DM can add to the campaign. Obviously, they're going to be hit or miss whether you like them or not, but there's a few that I would like to talk about. Um, specifically, the ones that are for anybody that wants to play a card caster a la Gambit or. or is there any other famous card casters?
3: Card Cap is a crew.
1: Just summons things, but y- that's one example. Yugi? I think Yu Gi Oh! <laughs>
3: Yugi. Go Yu
1: Gi Oh! What's that even mean? Anyway, um, since we are nearing the publication of our gambler gambler class, which releases on August twelfth, which I've talked about on the show, the new spells really tickle our dice, right? I'm looking at you, uh Chris and Jeremy. We release a gambler. You make spells with magic cards. Yeah. So now I'd be lying if I didn't say I was sad that these didn't come out a little sooner. <laughs> <laughs> so that i can pull some uh inspiration from them but i do love that they came up with a defensive spell called the house of cards
2: which actually make, basically makes a pyramid of
1: cards yes and it's awesome so very cool uh, i really like these there's even one um that allows you to play like yami yugi where you throw a card and summon a creature a warrior
2: spirit from it who else i think you them together but yeah <laughs> whatever you know, you know they
3: get summoned who cares you know who else does that? Ann and Alan from Sailor Moon. They, they pull. The door's right there. Get out. No, eat my ass. They they, <laughs> they pull cards and they summon monsters from them.
1: Yeah. Yep. See? She, she knows. Who cares what she knows? She's not the one in these
3: seats. These are the hot seats. She's going to turn off all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I know.
1: All right. So I think these are really cool. I wish that it came out a little sooner. I do think that they are pretty well balanced as far as I could tell. Um, but the idea of playing Yama Yugi is now on the board, and it only requires a second-level spell slot, I think.
2: Now, the one that was kind of odd, though, was that allowed you to fire the cards basically as a cone. 52 cards. <laughs> get, get, well, give you two options. One would either give you a debuff or one that inflicted damage. The other thing, though, was the damage scaled up when you upcasted the spell, but the debuff well, one the did debuff not, didn't. which was weird, but hey. Well,
1: no, Bless um, doesn't scale up at level either.
2: You can just target more stuff, so I that's guess that's not. Y- y- well, yeah, but it targets more people. But he said doesn't when really you upscale it. The debuff yeah, one does not. The debuff like does nothing, at, nothing all. at all. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, did you say there was a a, a defensive spell called House of House Cards? House
1: of Cards. Yeah, yeah, you make a big barrier of cards, and it's supposed to protect you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's magic cards. What are you gonna like, do? Uh... <laughs> 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 give, it good, give it a good blow job, and it all comes down, comes crashing down. All right. uh. Overall, uh, what did you guys think of this new Unearthed Arcana? I thought I had a lot of interesting ideas, but like
2: in the other Unearthed Arcana, it does need some tweaking here and there. Yeah.
1: I yeah, agree, and I think could... that's how it always is. Yeah. I'll uh, probably submit the little yeah. questionnaire thing that they always have. Yeah. It takes me a few minutes. I'm going to do it from my phone, so <laughs> <Everything> <laughs> when I'm needs...
3: supposed to be working. Everything needs to be tweaked down and I like the I like the Cleric.
1: Yeah. yeah. The Cleric's definitely yep. a fun oh, one. Fun. Um, I, they, re- I, I think they need to redo the glitchlings, uh, racial traits to some capacity because
2: uh,
1: yeah. the, uh, the, the, the reliable talent feature, no.
2: Which you only use twice at low levels.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you could use third by, or three times by fifth level. That's a lot. Compared to infinite? <sighs> yeah, there's a long distance between 11th level and fifth level. There's also- the fact that you still get the mechanic be- but the but that's what you're You're wrong. I'm right. That's it. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for our main topic today. Uh, before we move on to our Unearthed Tips and Tricks, I would like to let everyone know that we are going to be at GooseCon September 30th through October 2nd <gasps> in <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio. Oh goodness. <laughs> we will be running games. We will be running panels. We are super excited. If you don't know what GooseCon is, it is the first um convention put on by the one shot onslaught and uh uh Mongoose what is the name of their network? I forgot the name.
3: Wow. You guys did a uh, Laurenport with? Uh,
1: yes majestic
2: goose network and sorry and, that i forgot adam and because it's steve and they goose. are doing it that's probably yeah. why you never heard of it
1: yes it is the first one we're <laughs> super uh super excited for
2: this um actually, hopefully you'll come and join us after i told a friend of mine about it, it's like never even heard of it well it's a it's, new con, didn't they do a, <laughs> con
3: yeah didn't they do a kickstarter for it that, like succeeded massively or something
1: well oh, they did a kickstarter for it and it succeeded oh okay <laughs> Ass is
3: kind of a general term,
1: or a generous oh, term. No, you
3: you want to see us live? Come to Cincinnati. Come kick out. Maybe we'll uh, have, a,
1: have play some games, have some drinks. <laughs> I don't yeah. drink booze, so you will have to bring me a coke. Yeah, what happened last time you did? <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes. The last, time, the last time we time drank. drank. Yeah. We were on the we were on Laurenbor, where we became in as experts of giants, but we're drinking, so we got a little weird. (laughs) A little, (laughs) okay. Wiping a giant wiping their ass with with uh, uh, peasants. Peasants, yeah. Like you've been drinking a whole bottle of wine. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was done. Bef- was I almost done before we started? I don't remember. Yeah, you did. I had
3: half of it before. You
1: started. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. I re- I had to go back and listen to it.
3: There's there's a
1: I the whole major
3: thing. difference between beer, liquor, and wine. Wine has a hidden amount of and it tastes better. Alcohol in there. You drink a whole bottle, you're done. I was. <laughs> yeah, you were. Remember at it, your, uh, one, your just...
1: one of your one of your bachelor's parties? I had uh I had to... uh, the the bottle of Chianti. I mean you know, I, oh it was
3: <laughs> You know what's you know what's fucked up about that statement? At one of your bachelor parties.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was not my intention, I'm sorry. At one
3: of your bachelor parties, I did this. Yeah, one of my third marriage. It's going <laughs> good, by the way. So that's that's pretty cool. You're on your third? <laughs>
2: Fuck you. I thought it was four. <laughs> What the hell? I don't know why. I'm so sorry. There times of the charm though. I'm yeah. still amazed actually remember my bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did the
1: video Fine. go weird for anyone else or it's just me? No, it's just us. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to our Unearthed yeah. Tips and Tricks.
0: And now, what you've all been waiting for, our unearth Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs.
1: Our monster variant surprise That's is the, the card caster um origin you're going to use the stat block of the priest it's going to lose its spell list it's mace and we're going to swap wisdom and intelligence and dex becomes 14 yes that's a boost nobody cares come on Mona, me. sorry <laughs> Hey, no, that was really good. Clearly, the inspiration for this, of course, is going to be the Legendary Gambit, right? Yep. So we're going to give it Arcane Cards, which basically allows them to use a bonus action to enhance their uh, cards with magic, dealing extra 3d6 force damage to the target on a hit. We're also going to give it playing cards, which are melee or ranged weapon attacks. So it can attack uh, melee strikes with them, making them hard. Yep. (laughs) Or they can throw them 30 to 60 feet, which is nice. Of course, they don't do much damage, 1d4 plus 2, but that's why you have the bonus action to beef beef them up, right? Down here in
2: the bayou, ma chérie, card cuts you. (laughs) What? Down here, card cuts you? Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right, we're also going to give him a quarterstaff. That only deals, you know, one d six, one d eight, and no strength modifier, so not really. Eh, but hey, whatever. Uh, we're gonna give it channel, which is a, a mechanic that we've reflavored the dragon's breath to a magical <laughs> form. What? It doesn't just the ability. Uh, so the channel, if the card caster can use one of the following channeling features that recharges on a five or a six. First, we're gonna give it
2: fifty-two card pickup. Guess what it does? Yep, a burst of spectral cards in the grand flourish. And well, each creature in the c- thirty-foot cone must succeed on this swiss save or be blinded to the end of the next turn. <laughs> Pick them up. That makes sense. I, <laughs> I like that. Like when they get flashed in your face. What's the uh, the other one there?
3: Uh, tell us about Royal Flush, there, uh, Brandon. The Royal Flush. The card caster throws a barrage <laughs> of razor sharp cards in a thirty-foot cone. <laughs> each-, <laughs> God damn. each creature that uh, each creature in the area must make a DC twelve dexterity saving throw, taking twenty two, or five D eight, slashing damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one.
1: So if you have a gold toilet, is every flush a royal flush? Oh yes. <laughs> We're also going to give it a legendary action. It can take two. It gets card manipulation where it it can re-roll one of its charges for – or re-roll its charge for its channel. And we're going to give it retreat where it can uh, – the card caster can use the disengage and move up to a 15 feet.
3: Like right, with the uh, Royal Flush, it does 5d8 slashing. Yep. You need five cards for a Royal Flush. Yeah. yeah that's that's that, cool. That's that that a, that's, was the point. That's a nice little addition there. I like. Yeah, that.
1: it's actually weaker than what a monster would have for damage, but that's kind of what I was going for. I, you know what? I just want to say That's kudos cool. to you, and I want to give you inspiration for catching that little, that little tidbit. <laughs> Knuckle bomb. Yay. Knuckle
3: bomb, right? Knuckle bomb.
1: <laughs> I was going to fist you. <laughs> 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 Please don't. All right. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Just kind of uh, off the, uh, right off the cuff. Oh, my gosh. It sounds so cool. I, lo- I love Gambit. It's my favorite uh, X-Men. Do, 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 do. Which, by the way, X-Men 97 is coming out. Yep. Which continues where the cartoon from the 90s left off. Sorry. All right. So, uh, overall, pretty straightforward. A fun little uh, gambler to toss into your uh, game. I called it Cardcaster because I didn't want to be confused with our Gambler, which is coming out August 12th. Keep an eye out if you're looking for some fun card games. <laughs> All right. Brandon, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast?
3: Our encounter of the podcast is Chest Pains. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're going to love this. This one. might be getting close to home because we're getting old. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, During the travels, the characters stumble across a town of moderate size. Upon arrival, they learn from the local temple, two dozen of the townsfolk have fallen severely ill with torturous chest pains. Unfortunately, the pain is so great, they are either unconscious or screaming in agony. Yeah. (laughs) Ow. So are... So are unable unable to provide details. Wow. Oh. They say they're all sitting there screaming and you don't know why, because they can't tell you why. Right, because they're in pain. Ouch. <sighs> uh, no matter what the local priests do, they are unable to treat the disease. They've called for healers strong in the healing arts, but they don't think the victims will last more than a few days. <laughs> no shit. A character who <laughs> succeeds on a DC-18 uh, medicine check notices that several of the victims have several large claw marks. These mar- how would you, how would they not know it's in the first place? Uh, <laughs> these marks look to be fully healed and appear to be old. Oh, okay. That's why. A character who succeeds <laughs> on DC 10 uh, investigation check learns from the priests of, or townsfolk of a brutal attack by large monsters. Each gives a slightly different description and detail.
2: Yep, Thomas, you're not too far off. What does he say? <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it. Xenomorph. A character what? that spends its time in the library, temple, or a similar location that succeeds on a DC-18 investigation check, learns that the symptoms and some of the descriptions describe a terrifying red slod. Ouch. Which basically is the D&D equivalent of a xenomorph. <laughs> yep. These creatures use humanoid hosts to carry their eggs to term over a period of three months. The characters have left them 24 hours to either cure everyone, or ready for the evening like slods, taples to burst from their chest and begin attacking the townsfolk. ha ha ha. If you don't read Monster Mechanics, and on the book,
1: there are some terrifying things in the this, and even just in the regular Monster Manual.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's be real here. Some creatures, due to their lifestyles and what, how they reproduce, are just straight up evil humanoids, and slabs are definitely one of them. Yep. <laughs> Tom,
1: Thomas Kelly called it out immediately that it was Xenomorphs, and yeah, you're right on. Um,
3: what do you guys think of this encounter? It's a good one. I think it's a good one. Because I don't think the players are going to see it coming. Well... And-
2: because let's be real here, most players probably don't know, you know what slots are, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, because so it's because like, oh, you got it.
3: chest pains. Okay, we'll find out. Maybe you inhaled like a fungus or something. Let's go find it. Yeah. And they see, <laughs> look at things running around.
2: But that's also why it
1: can't be cured, right? Because uh, it's not like a, a <laughs> disease or anything. It's hey, a, uh, I got some
3: bad news. Um,. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're gonna die <laughs> um it's a lot of fun i think it's cool because it ties into events that happened in the past yeah and they have to go and talk to npc or npcs to learn that and then be able to connect the dots um because since it's been three months the wounds have pretty much healed right yeah which is why it goes unnoticed so all right that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast chest pains and next
2: up is our magic item i oh, see the ring of, of crackling bolts yeah. So, I want to say necromorphs. Yeah, that's all the fun. Ring of Crackling Bolts. It is a ring uncommon that, that requires attunement. This silver ring is engraved with a bolt of lightning and is set with a cluster of small sapphires. Ooh. While wearing it, you can use an action to cause a barrage of crackling darts to leap from the sapphires towards your foes. Each creature in a 10-foot cube originating from you must make a DC-14 deck save. Oh, no. A creature <laughs> takes 3D8 lightning on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Once you have used this feature, you can't use it again until next dawn. You know what? This one can be pretty fun at low levels. <laughs> yep. Not not
1: super powerful, but a little fun.
3: A
2: little um boom in your back pocket. A
3: ten yeah. foot cube originating from you. And that's it's creatures. so that could be that could be your allies too. Like the fact that you that just turned yourself into a uh, a transformer. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> not the kinds that are in disguise, by the way. Yep. Roll out. <laughs> Is it like, yes, uh, Andrew says it like the lightning spell from Diablo 2. Very similar.
3: <laughs> Grapple some say, hey, this is going to hurt for a second, okay?
1: <laughs> um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, a nice little uh, magic item. Nothing too fancy. <laughs>
2: some of you may die, but that is the risk I'm willing to take. take.
1: <laughs> 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 all right. That'll do it for our magic <laughs> item. And if you don't uh, know, you can find all this stuff on our Patreon, on our blog. All of it's kind of, you know, on our show notes, all that jazz. Yeah. Our Dungeon Master tip... List of flaws. Now, keep a list of flaws that the players selected when they first created their characters.
2: <laughs> Not enough GMs do this. As a GM... I don't think that GMs keep those on their players enough in general. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know any of my players' flaws.
1: <laughs> I try to keep mine, up, my, mine updated, but every time I go to check, I'm like, these haven't been updated in a while. Uh, as a GM, you can <laughs> use this as a powerful tool to remind the players of these faults... Uh, when situations arise to test them. This is another thing for excellent GMing, is putting them in a situation that their character is not supposed to be comfortable with. Yep. Not the player, the character. Yeah. Make sure there's a distinction there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to annoy the players, the with an NPC. It's one thing to annoy the the players with an NPC.
1: Uh, A great example might be a character with the folk hero background might have uh, the flaw. I'm quick to assume that someone is trying to cheat me. Yep. Every time they go to stay at a use that feature to stay at a, a, a house or something, um let the player uh, uh let the player wrestle with this flaw during negotiations with merchants, nobles, other adventurers or the people who are welcoming them in their home um for their 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 feature, right? Their yep. their the heroic uh the the tr- the hero feature um This simple reminder will <laughs> tug the roleplay strings out of the players and offer them kind of an opportunity to showcase that aspect of the character and that personality trait that doesn't get as much attention. Or you can just simply see the player, you think this guy's trying
2: to cheat you. Mm.
3: Hmm. I like some ale, I'll be too silver. Bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you.
3: Anyway, okay, Andrew says. Looks magic item. Fun magic item I've heard of. Ring of detect magic, but the ruby in the ring is always glowing because the ring itself is magic.
1: <laughs> oh, man, <a> <laughs> magic item. That there's reminds, something
3: in here but i can't find it
1: that reminds me of the ring of attunement that somebody had it's a ring of attunement <laughs> that grants you an extra attunement slot but it takes an attunement to attune to it what the fu- okay
3: <laughs> uh overall what do you guys think of this dungeon master tip i like that because the i got five players and i know that they all have flaws and fears yep and that's that something.
1: That you uh, want to be able to include. And it doesn't have to come up every session. You could even alternate uh, once in a while uh, between them. Yep. Or and even, change uh... them up. Like if every session you target one flaw, it'll be weeks before you – well, unless you only got one person. then It'll be one week. But um, it'll be a while before it comes back and just include it in the uh, gameplay. <laughs> uh, Thomas says, I'm playing a narcoleptic. Our DM has made us roll a dice for phobias or uh, or failings. He's a jerk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if he does it too many times, yes. Uh, or makes yeah. it, Or penalizes you too hard for it. There was a, uh, I played
1: the uh, the drunken monk, but it wasn't that he was drunk. He was narcoleptic. So he would run and just fall mid-combat and just <laughs> sit there prone, and somebody would get close as he was snoring, and then he'd jump <laughs> up and kick him in the jaw. <laughs> the most fun I had with a monk in a long time. Uh, all right. Anything else? Nope. Nah. All right. Let's move on to our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. Trick. And you can avoid dickitude by listening to us. This one is the one I seek. In fantasy <laughs> games such as D&D, when designing characters, we spend so much time focused on immediate friends. Right? Is that yeah. true? Sure. Yeah. Family, mentors, that may play an important part in their life. Oh, yeah. We often tend to make them entities of the past. In the past, I've experimented with the idea of creating an NPC that was tied to my character. Oh. This NPC turned out to be skilled in two-weapon fighting. So this kind of fills uh, that that kind of niche, right? Um, since I had planned to pick up the feat, dual-wielding two longswords, I decided the character, uh, a fighter, would seek out this potential mentor and training that he was familiar with. Um, So instead of putting the NPC in just in my past and explaining how I'm getting better at it, um, I put them in my future as a goal. And the best part is I gave that NPC to the DM and they went wild with it and included it where we stumbled across him. um, And I was level three at the time and it fit into the story really, really well to the point that the players around us had no idea that that was pre-planned. They thought, oh, you're going to do wheel now because I was, you know. Using a a, 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 a pull, pull arm pull arm with or something i don't I don't think it was a great sword, but whatever um which they made fun of me because I was dex uh, built but it's it's a thing never mind, don't worry about it. <laughs> the point is is that it was a free flowing character who became part of the story beyond just me using it to explain my taking a specific feat, which by the way, nobody should ha- feel like they have to explain why they're taking any mechanics. Yeah. That's just something I chose to do. What do you guys think?
2: Oh, you can not with two swords. Congratulations. You don't completely suck anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I say
3: this works so good for role-playing aspects. Yeah. Now, one of my, one of the characters in my game, they met an NPC way in the beginning before they got flung into the future or whatever what they're doing mm-hmm. now. Uh, well, that NPC had been using herbalism and alchemy to extend their life trying to protect this city that they've been in. And they finally met up again. And he had found out that the past that happened of them dying and being flung into the future didn't actually happen. It's like, we grew old together. We had kids and we were married and then this happened. And he found I was like, wait, we're married? Like, yeah. And all his roleplay was going in really nice, and last session this NPC was that close to death. Like she was—he's holding the, his fingers very close for you on the podcast. Yeah, super, like there's a hair there, world's t- smallest body line type thing. Yeah, <laughs> and she had almost died, and I could see the grief in the player's face. Like yeah, I don't know if I should do this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a good example. I like that. What do you think, Ian? I definitely, oh. I definitely think in some ga- games it is a good way to kind of plan ahead if you will to, to explain what way of progressing if if a dm's like a cab game which i'm with you you shouldn't have to right the, you shouldn't ever feel like you have to do that but that's something
1: you can consider if you know your character's planned out that far ahead because yep. then it gives the dm a tool to work with and play with
2: yep don't tell your players no <laughs>
1: wow to a point yes <laughs> there's a happy medium there right yeah all right uh that'll do it for our tip of the podcast don't, don't be, be a dick, dick. And you can avoid dickitude by offering the DM, the one you seek. If you enjoyed the show and want to support us, visit us at CritAcademy.com. Lots of good stuff there. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. If you haven't been to our website, it's been completely redesigned. I want to give a huge shout out to Wayne Media. They did great work. Um, as of this weekend, you can actually now search our blogs and everything. So if you want to go I'll back and listen to one of those or yep. read those, um, please check it out.
2: I still haven't tracked down, which, so we had the hot sauce on.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am your host, Justin. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon.
3: Thanks for listening. Keep,
1: Keep your blades blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes. heroes.